It's time to swing into the golf world of today with Springdale Golf Live on Fox Sports 920, The Jersey. Sponsored by our friends at the New Jersey Golf Foundation. Now, here's your host, the director of fun, Keith Stewart. Good afternoon and welcome to Springdale Golf Live. I'm your host, Keith Stewart, the director of fun. Thank you for tuning in to Fox Sports 920, The Jersey. It's March. The weather's been great this week. Golf season's right around the corner. 34 days till the Masters, folks. We have a very special guest here today. He's a PGA professional from California who has developed a new style of coaching guaranteed to get players to perform their best. His success in life and golf is an amazing story. Frankly, talking to him this afternoon has me on top of the world. Showtime, players. Get in, but don't look down. I'm on top of the world. We've got the one, the only, Mr. Will Robbins, PGA professional, on the phone. So, Will, welcome to Springdale Golf Live. How are you today? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. Yeah, great to be on the show. Looking forward to it. Well, we had a little music there because, you know, we're just on top of the world to have you with us today. A little Imagine Dragons for the song of the week. How do we do? Hey, honored to be honored to be on top of the world with you too. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. So, uh, you are a left coast guy. You're out there in the Sacramento, California area. So, as we get started here, my audience here in the New York City, Philly area, why don't you give us a little update on what your day to day life is like? Day to day life uh, is blessed, completely blessed. I got uh, you know take the kids to school in the morning, and then I either head to the golf course, head to my office, and um, you know myself, I do a lot of uh, training of other golf professionals. So I work with a lot of them on webinars uh, all over the world, helping them to implement their coaching programs and get results for their players. And then in the afternoon, usually head over to the course and uh, end up coaching some adults and then some juniors, and then uh, head back to the family. So a little bit of both, you know, coaching players, coaching coaches. Well, now, when you talk about coaching and you bring this up, um, your philosophy behind teaching golf is it's, it's extremely successful, but it's also different than maybe a lot of what my listeners would think is a conventional lesson. So let, let's start to break, it this, break this down a little bit. Um, describe for them, you know, what, what is the basis of your teaching techniques? Because if I go to take a lesson or um, if one of my members over at Springdale goes to take a lesson with you, it may not be what they think would normally a lesson would be like. So talk me through how Will Robbins coaches golf. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, it's a little bit different. I I, uh, I want to get to know how you play the game of golf. I'm not so much uh, focused on how you perfect the golf swing because no one's ever done it, no one ever will do, so let's figure out how you play the game. And when we go out on the golf course, really what I tend to see is people get lessons when they're frustrated. And they're frustrated not because of a technique problem. They're frustrated because they have a tension problem. See, my belief there is is that if you had a technique problem, you'd hit it bad on the driving range, bad on the bad in the lesson, bad on the on the first tee, bad on the second tee. What tends to happen though is people hit it pretty good on the Saturday, you know, range morning right before they're heading off to the first tee, or they hit it good in the lesson and they get to the golf course and on the first tee they hit it out of bounds. And so if you had a technique problem, you wouldn't be able to hit it well to begin with so you wouldn't be frustrated it's that you know you're capable of hitting it well but you're not able to manage the tension that you've put on yourself on that first tee box and then out comes that terrible 
shank, hook, slice, whatever it may be. And so our belief is with my coaches is that let's figure out that you actually have a tension problem rather than technique problem. And let's teach you how to manage those tensions so you can play better golf. And I think the simplest way to see that is, is that anybody who's ever missed a birdie putt or hit a ball out of bounds and put another one down, we all know where it goes with the second ball golfer. The second ball golfer makes the birdie putt and hits it down the middle of the fairway. So that's the frustration. I know I have it inside me, but why can't I get it to come out when I need it? And that's what we coach our players on. How do you accomplish those goals of playing the second ball golfer the first on the first one? Well, you certainly have my attention with that. And so you've been teaching with this method for how long? How, you know, how, how did this all kind of develop? When did you have this pivot point that you went from teaching conventional lessons to now more of this scoring slash performance method? Well, I was playing for a living, had an injury, couldn't, pl- couldn't play for a while, and so I started to teach. I got out to the driving range and just found loads of people that were completely confused. And when I just told them to aim at a target and hit it, they were pretty good at it. And so we get on the golf course, and I was able to help them to just start to play, like just avoid the left side of the golf course and you'll be fine, or take two extra clubs and hit it over the green. And with that, they didn't hit it out of trouble, and they got it to the pin, and they were able to shoot lower scores, yet I had never touched any so-called technique. I had worked with them on, you know, how do you manage your game and your emotions when you play the game of golf? And so that was back in 2005, six, And then in 2008, I decided, you know what, I'm having a heck of a lot more fun watching people drop 10, 15, 20 shots in a matter of weeks. Um, and maybe my skills actually in coaching. And that's when I shifted over. So that's about 12 years ago. And in those 12 years, I mean, you've seen, you've put this method to practice year in and year out. What is it that you've seemed to have learned about the, you know, Keith Stewart, the range golfer that can't be Keith Stewart, the on-course golfer? You know, where do those anxieties come up with it? And, and what kind of techniques do you all use to combat them? Yeah, so I think the biggest thing is, is that when we have a lot of tension, it's coming from expectations. And so the first thing that we have to do is we have to lower our expectations, which sounds rather negative, but really it's just align them is that you don't need to hit the fairway. You don't need to hit the green. You don't have to one putt. What you need to do is realize if you keep the ball in play, if you keep it around the green and you don't three putt, you make bogey or better every single time. So we're really in the profession of taking out double bogeys and blow-up holes. If we can do that for even a scratch golfer, if I can tell you you're never going to make a double bogey again, you're going to be a pretty happy golfer even at scratch. And how do you do that is, you don't aim at the flagstick. You know, you don't take driver on a hole that's super tight. You don't play aggressive shots because it brings massive amounts of risk in. And so really it's educating the golfer in what is the real game of golf about? How do you how do you understand the percentages of what the best players in the world are going to do from this position? Well, let's not try and do that. Let's try and do what an 18 handicap would do from this position so we take the risk out. So it's really about lowering expectations, aligning those expectations, and then people go, well, I could easily hit the fairway with my five hybrid. Well, maybe you should hit the five hybrid then because you don't feel like you can hit it with your driver. Just getting people freed up so they play at the level that they're comfortable with. And then when they're comfortable, inevitably they play better. Uh, and so it's a lot of fun. Just to, we, we call it unlocking potential because the potential is inside of you. And our goal is to get you out the way, get those thoughts, that tension out the way. And then what's left is the golfer. This is really interesting. And, and folks, if you're just joining us, we're talking to Will Robbins. He's a PGA professional who's the director of instruction out at Empire Ranch, which is in 
Folsom, California, out near the Sacramento area. And uh, he's on Golf Digest, Best Young Teachers in America list. And he's talking about how to bring your range game to the golf course. And he spends time giving lessons to people uh, working on how they can perform better, not just necessarily swing better, which is a very kind of... I mean, it shouldn't be a revolutionary thought, Will, but it, it seems like a revolutionary thought. When you have a new student come to me, come to you, you know, how's that, you know, winning them over process, getting their earning their trust? Do you go right to the golf course and start to work on things? How, how do you go about the beginning of this new learning cycle with a with a new golf student? I just want to hear where they're at. You know, I want to understand how how frustrated they are. Because the more frustrated they are, the better I'm going to help them. Because I think it's you. We only make change when we get to a point of like, you know, almost angering golf, right? Like I'm done. Well, when you're done, you're willing to learn. And so for me, is I want to get to know where are the pain points, where are you struggling, uh, what's what's embarrassing about it, what's what, what makes you angry. And so as I start to understand their struggles and what they're telling me, I'm going to start to understand how they think on a golf course. And then obviously we go straight to the course, and I tell them look. I'm not teaching you until we, we're done. So we're going to play nine holes. We're going to go out there with four people. We're going to play. I want them on the golf course with other people because I want to see the pressure. If I'm doing it one-on-one, I'm basically caddying for them on the golf course, which is just its not going to help them on a Saturday when they're playing with their three friends. So I want to see them break. I want them to go in a playing lesson. and I want to show me how you fall apart from six feet or how you, you know, chili dip it or how you hit two out of bounds on the same hole because then i can help you to understand like okay here's where you're at this is what you desire now what's the most logical way that we can go about breaking this down so you can see the improvement and then from there i guarantee the result so you know if you don't get to your result in the time that i tell you i'll teach you for free till we get there and so we take the pressure off we basically say look i understand who you are i understand where your game's at i understand where you want to get to so I can I can now tell you how good I can get you if you just follow what I'm going to tell you to do. And so that's the fun part. Is that it's a guarantee. So uh, that, that reduces stress right away. That would reduce my stress. A fun guarantee in the game of golf. Um, there's, there's no doubt about that. Now, I, I love this concept. Um, is, is this something that you developed on your own? Was there a mentor, someone that kind of opened you up? Was there a pivot point? You know, kind of where you said, you know, we're going to I'm going to work on people and be more of a coach than, let's say, a classic instructor, mentor, friend, guide. What, what do you got for me? How, how do you how do you develop this concept? The whole thing about yeah, it? everything from everything from being a junior and just playing up at the club and going out every day and playing 36 holes every day with the assistant pros and just always competing and loving competing and then growing up in England where everything was match play and it was always windy and the course screens weren't in that good a condition so it was always about grinding and short game and mental and then coming to America and having a golf coach that uh, when I was hitting it badly would just tell me to take two weeks off and give up for good and and it just would make (laughs) me smile you know he knew how to get in my head and be like well you're a great golfer get over it just hit the golf ball Uh, to caddying I caddied at Cypress Point for five years in college and after college and realized that the more I helped them relax, the more I got them to like take extra club and avoid trouble, the more money I made because they shot lower scores. I got better tips. Um, It was just that whole process. And then when I started to play professionally, I found myself trying really, really hard. In college, I just played golf and I tried really hard and played terribly. And so I started to realize it doesn't matter what level you're at. When you start to try at the game of golf and put effort in, you are not the golfer. You are now trying to be the golfer. Whereas when you get out your own way and just let it go, 
that's when you end up, you know, the zone, if you want to call it, where oh, it's just effortless. Well, if you put a ton of effort in, I know it's not effortless. So I think that just through this whole journey, and then I've learned so much from my students, from people with terrible goal swings to amazing goal swings to awful short games to great short games and seeing and learning how they score and how they compete and how they think. And then really just, you know, developing that as we go along to, to, to help people play better golf. Well, there's no doubt that the way that you're attacking this um, is making people very successful. And, and I think that's really cool. And I would love to see that sort of mindset um, kind of extend from the West Coast, which tends to be a little bit more laid back over here into the New York City area, where everyone tends to be a little bit more uptight and, and defi- definitely anxious. And um, so I, I guess I, what I'm saying is I want to grow this thing to scale. So let's let's have some fun for a second here. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna play a role. I'm gonna be the uh, let's say I'm gonna be the CEO of the PGA of America, and you are now the president of the PGA of America. We're both PGA professionals, right? I want to I want to try to take your curriculum and I want to get more people to use it. I want to grow it to scale nationally and then globally because I think I truly believe and, and this is the reason why you're on the show and I can't thank you enough for coming on and spending your time. And folks, we're talking to Will Robbins here, who's a PGA professional out in Sacramento, California area. And Will, I. I think it's really, really important that because golf is so hard, how can you, as now my you know president of the PGA of America, how can we spread this nationwide? What what would you do if 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 you had that kind of power and reach and distribution? Well, it's pretty simple. I mean, first and foremost, Susie, who is our president, is is very much on board with coaching and understanding that a coach has to take accountability and. Just real simple. I went skiing yesterday and I was like, okay, I you know, I could do a lesson, but I don't know who they are and will I get better? And it's 175 bucks and all these doubts. And there's all these doubts of should I take a lesson because I might get more confused or I might get <clears throat> so many swing thoughts that I actually struggle more than I was doing. So to me, it's very simple. Start guaranteeing results. Someone shooting, you know, we say if you shoot above 90 within 10 weeks, we'll get you 10 shots off of your game. Guaranteed. If you don't, we'll teach you for free. And what we've got to do is, as a PGA professional, we've got to start taking accountability for ourselves. That if someone's going to invest their time and money into our product, we've got to get to know them, get to know where they want to get to, and get them there. And if we do that, it would transform the entire game. And that's what we've got to do. And if we don't get them there, guess what? It's our fault. You know, we either overestimated how good we can get them, we didn't give them the simplest path. We have to cut out 90% of the junk that we're teaching because we expect the person to come back and give us another $100 compared to this person has nine more sessions now to get to their score, and I don't want to teach them for free. So here's what they actually need to work on rather than, oh, I want to work on my driver. You don't need a driver. Here's a hybrid. Put it in play. Once you can put that in play every time, we'll work on a three-wood. We've got to take control back, being coaches, getting results, and holding ourselves accountable. You know what? I tell you, that'd be one heck of a platform. I know Susie would be on board because you're right. She, I mean, she's a coach through and through, and and she really believes in all the things that people like you and PGA professionals all across the country are doing to try to grow the game. And you know, one of the cool things that I read about online is that, like, was it 75 or 80 percent of your students are juniors? So I mean, you're really working on that next generation golfer, almost changing their mindset on how they're going to play and enjoy their golf versus let's say people our age or our parents who you know learned playing the game you know in that anxious manner so uh, i'm curious of all the success that you've had like let's just look at last year you know what what makes you most proud when you look back on 2019 for what you've accomplished in teaching mm-hmm. the game and what your students have accomplished 
Yeah, I, mean, I would say that with our juniors, you know, we're teaching them how to be champions in golf and life. I mean, golf is just a game, right? We're teaching people. We're not teaching golf. And so I think seeing some of our high school kids who two years ago weren't sure if they wanted to play golf to a year ago decided they wanted to go and play in college to then getting a college scholarship uh, is a pretty cool thing. You know, it's a lot of fun to see the impact it had on my life to come and play college golf in America and the impact it will have on their life. And a lot of these kids now that come back in the summer for us, you know, they've, they've been taught with us since they were uh, seven, eight, nine, ten years old, uh, and they get to come back in the summer and uh, and help out at the summer camps and teach these younger kids life skills, core values, and, and this great game of golf. So it's a lot of fun to see that path and that journey uh, for our students, um, which is, yeah, it's a real blessing to have that opportunity. Oh, I mean, what a wonderful system that you have set up out there. I, I would love to see, um, you know, some videos or, or read a story or two about one of the kids that's gone through, you know, like full circle of that whole process. I, I really think that that would be a special story to read. Um, you know, I mean, you have your own special story yourself, um, which if we had more time, we could tell. But we're running towards break here. And there's one more fun thing that we always love to do when it comes to Springdale Golf Live is it's a tradition. And folks, we're here talking to Will Robbins, who's a PGA professional from California. And he's on the Golf Digest Young Teachers in America list. And we've got to take him through a little rapid fire Q&A. The listeners, they love to get to know our guests on a personal level. So are you ready to have some fun here, Will Robbins? Ready to rock and roll. All right, here we go. Do you prefer to text or talk? Talk. Favorite Shakespeare story? Oh boy. <clears throat> um, well, you are from. from I, mean, I was from. I'm from Stratford and Avon, where Shakespeare is born. So I should really be reeling off all of these things. But I would say Romeo and Juliet is the one that I remember the most. So I'm just going to shoot with that. <laughs> well, that sounds very nice for you and Amanda. Okay. <laughs> On a scale of one to ten, rate your singing ability. Ooh, four. I love to sing, but it's a four. <laughs> it's good to be honest. All right. Would you rather bungee jump or skydive? Skydive. What did you have for breakfast this morning? Oatmeal with uh, some nice fruit. Mm, that sounds very healthy. Okay. There's a movie about your life story. What actor plays you? <laughs> um, <clears throat> I would say Ewan McGregor because the movie... He was. He did the movie The Impossible, which is pretty much our life, our story. So, you know, that's why I would say you and McGregor. All right, Android or Apple guy? Apple. Name a guilty pleasure you have. Uh, English chocolate. What's one thing on your bucket list? One thing on my bucket list. I would love to fly in a fighter jet. Ooh, that's pretty cool. I like that one. Okay, uh, one more for you. When you hear the word champion. Who is the first person that comes to mind? Ooh, I have to say Tiger Woods. Yeah, he's definitely, he, he's one heck of a champion. But you know what, though, Will Robbins? When I hear the word champion, when it comes to life, I, I think you are a tremendous champion. I can't thank you enough for being on Springdale Golf Live today. Um, all the best, man, and I know we'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. Thanks again. You guys have a wonderful weekend. You too. All right. Well, there Thanks. you go. Where you go, Wade? It's uh, 3.19 p.m. here in Princeton. It's uh, 12.19 p.m. for our friend there, Will Robbins, out there in Sacramento area. Thanks for listening to Fox Sports 920, The Jersey. We'll be back in a moment with some stories from Bay Hill. 
The New Jersey Golf Foundation, the charitable arm of the NJPA section, is committed to positively impacting lives and communities through the game of golf. With a focus on three core pillars, youth, military, and special needs, the NJGF delivers dynamic programming under the guidance of PGA professionals so individuals from all backgrounds can experience the game of golf in a welcoming environment. To support the NJGF or learn more about programs and special events, visit njgolffoundation.org. That's njgolffoundation.org. Rich in distinguished history for nearly 125 years, Springdale Golf Club and its members have been beautifully making their mark as the best golf and social experience in our region. Our impact in the industry does not stop there. Did you know about the benefits that extend beyond the boundaries of the club through its agreement with Troon Purvey? The private club operating division of Troon Golf Management. Springdale's walkable and superbly conditioned William Flynn design course, now combined with Troon's operational expertise, are taking the club to the next level in our commitments to the member experience. Just announced as a significant expansion to the Troon Purvey Privileges Program. This Vanguard service initiative includes enhanced golf and lifestyle benefits that extend far beyond the fairways. For more information about our club and all the incredible moments being made at Springdale Golf Club and through Troon Purvey, please take a visit of our website at www.springdalegc.org forward slash Troon Purvey. Let's get back on course as Springdale Golf Live continues on Fox Sports 920 The Jersey. Once again, Keith Stewart. Welcome back to Springdale Golf Live. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. You know me as the director of fun. You're listening to Fox Sports 920, The Jersey. You know, we just had a great interview there with PGA professional Will Robbins. You know, we're going to do a little tower talk now, but but first a little music to celebrate our 99th show there, Wade Weezer. I'm going to take you back to 1983 with a little uh, 99 Luff Balloons. Let's have some fun this afternoon. Here we go. Well, there you go. I, I don't think we need more German lyrics, so uh, we'll, we'll, stop, we'll stop it there. But, it, you know, I, I can't. I remember this song so vividly, and I look back and I see that it came out in 1983, and I'm thinking to myself, like, man, I go, I was 10 years old when this song came out. And so Luft means red in German. Okay. And balloon means balloon. 99 red balloons. Luft balloon is Luft, That's the name of it, right? Yeah. The German version, I mean. Yes. Hey, hey, all right. Yes. Okay. Luft balloons. So yeah, Luft balloons. Balloons must mean balloons. Yeah. And the Germans have like a different word for everything except for balloon. Well, it, it, it's like that in so many different languages. I, I love how I, I love having you here all the time, and I missed you last week. I know you were a little under the weather, but you've been checked, and there's definitely no there's no, no virus issues, no, right? No. Yeah, you know, which reminds me of something. You know, I I bumped into this guy the other day, and he had the coronavirus, and you know what he was in search of? A Lyme? Uh, a woman with Lyme disease. <laughs> okay. Yeah, exactly. I, I know. I knew we were going that route. Yeah, it was. I know. It's terrible. <laughs> anyway, um, it's funny, though, but you focus on the balloons, and, and my whole point on playing the song was the 99, because this is our 99th episode of Springdale Golf Live, and we have a blockbuster show planned for next week when uh, the Players' Championship is taking place, and uh, we're going to keep the guests secret, but we're going to have some Ooh. fun. We're, yeah, we, we've got, we've, we've got, we might even have two or three. I don't know. It's, What's the word for a 100th show or centennial or um, our yeah it would be cent- our 
Well, you know, Springdale this year is celebrating its 125th anniversary, but uh, when they did uh, (laughs) 125th, Um, (laughs) when they did the 100th, it was the centennial um, for sure. I'll come out with something before next week. But uh, okay, so Will Robbins, right? You know, I, I. I didn't feel the need to bring this up while he was on the radio before because he's probably told this story a million times. But as you could tell when you talk to him that he's had a moment, he's had a pivot point in his life where he went through something that kind of, you know, made him change the way he saw the world and then how he was going to, you know, make a major positive effect in the world. So go back to 2004. He gets married to his wife, Amanda, and they go on their honeymoon. The last day of their honeymoon, they're in Phuket, Thailand. And the tsunami hits. All right. And this, wow. this this poor couple are in their hotel lobby and the wave comes through and he gets separated from his wife. It came through the hotel lobby. I mean, he said it was it sounded like an explosion that hit like the little town that they were in that the noise never went away. Ugh. And, you know, he tells this story and you can look it up online. There's, you know, YouTube interviews of him talking about this and then now teaching golf and, you know, Golf Channel has one. And, and it's amazing that he, he can even tell the story, but he gets separated from Amanda. And over the course of the next, let's say, 20 hours, they get reunited in the water and then they hang on to one another and they get rescued like 12 or 14 hours later. They have injuries. Um, I mean, just major injuries. He goes through years of um, rehabilitation, which is why he quit playing and, right. or trying to pursue his dream of playing professionally. And you think about what a positive influence he's, you know, he's got a child now and a family and he's out there and 80% of the people that he teaches are juniors and he has this program where the kids are giving back and everyone's playing great. So, I, I mean, somebody like that, I mean, I love telling stories like that on Springdale Golf Live and I wanted to share that with you. I mean, it's just amazing what that man has been through and then now he's turned that around and said, I'm going to make this really positive impression on the world and in golf and everything and I and I just think it's I think it's tremendous. Yeah, you I know? mean, he took what could have been I mean, think about those hours they were separated. There's no doubt he thought that was it. He's never seen her again, oh, and vice versa. Yeah, I mean, it is a tremendous story, and the guy's got, you know, I met him at the PGA show, and he's just got he's got such personal fortitude, and when you're with him, he's just so infectious and engaging, and when you're around him, you're like, man, I could run through the wall with this guy, right. and and, uh, and you know, I just, I, I just, I think what he's doing, I love it to death, and I, and I wanted to promote it here on the East Coast, because uh, he's deserving as a much promotion as we can give him, and, and uh, can't thank him enough for being on there, and you know, it, it's similar to like you know someone like Arnold Palmer who's had such a tremendous impact on the game and you know this week it's the Arnold Palmer Invitational down there in Orlando and I worked in Orlando for five years and let me tell you this is one of the biggest weeks in golf and certainly in the Orlando area and it, and it takes me back to a story you know people always ask me you know tell me Tiger Woods story tell me this kind of story but some of the best stories I have are Arnold Palmer stories because the guy was such a gentleman such a rock star um, so personal when he would talk to you I mean Arnold Palmer could tell you a story about anything that would trump your story about anything right and he would always listen to your stories and then he would say that's a great story keith and then he would walk away and you'd say like he's got nothing to add to that and you know and there's a lot we could learn from that you know we shouldn't trump each other's stories let someone tell a story this weekend and then just say you know what that's a great story wade and i appreciate that but i got i gotta tell you a quick fun 
Palmer's story. And I mean, this is kind of um, a good, cool thing about about Mr. Palmer here in a nutshell. So I'm um, at a good friend of mine's wedding, which is at the Bay Hill Club and Lodge. And, and we're in the, you know, the big banquet room. And it's November of 2000. And halfway through the wedding, uh, one of the guys I was there with that I knew very well, um, we're going to go use the restroom. So we go, we walk down the main hall and it's later in the afternoon. And I'm sure the men's shootout already went out, which Mr. Palmer would routinely play in when he was in town, even up until he was very, very elderly. And uh, the guys would come in afterwards, they'd have a couple drinks, and then they'd go home. Well, Mr. Palmer lived in a condo right across the street from the clubhouse. So, you know, after he would have a couple drinks, he would just, you know, walk back through, down the hall, through the clubhouse, and then back across the street to his place. So we we pop out in the hall, and I'd met him a couple times before. Not that he would know who I was just by seeing me, but... He's about 20 feet down the hall coming towards us, and I'm with a buddy of mine, and he, like, he's totally geeked out. He's like, he's like, that's Arnold Palmer, right? I'm like, yeah, that's Arnold Palmer, right? So Mr. Palmer's coming towards us or whatever, and he, you know, he's got this nice glow on, and he's just kind of like sauntering to us, and, and you know, there's just like so much, you know, like he just oozes history as he walks by, and he just looks like he's dressed right. He's like, his hair's good. He just looks the coolest guy in the world, right? And you know, as he walks by or whatever, I was kind of joking to my buddy, and he's asking me all these questions, and I said, well, you know, after all, it's good to be the king. And just as he was about five feet past us, and I could hear him mutter under his breath, he goes, well, yes, it is. Like that. He didn't know who we were, but you know, he just thought it was good. We were telling stories about him, and he kind of enjoyed the moment. But that's, that's awesome. Mr. Palmer in a nutshell. I mean, he put always put a smile on your face, and, and you know, those years of getting to know him and and being around that area was great. So all the best to everyone at the Bay Hill Club and Lodge this weekend to have a great Arnold Palmer Invitational and enjoy all that is in PGA Tour golf. And uh, before I'm getting the high sign here, we've got to thank our sponsors: TaylorMade Golf, New Jersey Golf Foundation, Summit Golf Brands, of course, their brand. B. Dratty, Fairway and Green, Zero Restriction, EP New York, and of course, F.H. Wadsworth. Wade Weezer on the board, who's being tested right there, I can see. So Springdale Board of Governors. Got to mention Troon Golf Management for all their support. And, of course, all my listeners. Hope you enjoyed today's show. Well, folks, I'm heading back to Springdale. Well, where are you headed? We'll let the tower be your guide. And from Brooklyn to Bay Hill, and, of course, everywhere online, may you all have a Springdale day. This has been Springdale Golf Live with Keith Stewart. Keith returns to the team next Friday afternoon at 3 on Fox Sports 920, The Jersey.